The following podcast contains explicit language. It's Thursday, July 28th, 2016 from Slate. It's The Gist. I'm Mike Pesca. This is the eighth day out of 10 weekdays of convention, of political speech. And when they come back to back, as they do, uh, they don't always go like this, but the last couple of cycles, we've had back-to-back convention weeks. It's just a lot of convention. You know, it's like going to the zoo. When was the last time you went to the zoo? If you're like me, you go at least once a year. I was even thinking of buying a zoo pass. But if you're an adult without children, but, you know, a respect, if not love of animals, you might go once every few years. And when you do, you're there for an hour, two hours, three hours. And by the fourth hour, you're you're saying to yourself, I haven't seen any animals in years, and now I've seen all the animals. Maybe they should space out the animals. That's how I'm feeling about the conventions. I'm just seeing all the animals. And it affects me. It's beginning to infect my my daily life. Like, I talk to my kids, and I'm just half expecting a chant to break out if I say something pithy or true. You cannot watch Disney HD until you take a shower. Shower first, shower first, or just ordering. And this is why I say on this day that I will have the dressing on the side, on the side, on the side. Oh, there are those who say the dressing cannot come on the side. The salad is made how it is made, and the salad can never change. No, to them I say no. When they told us a salad had to have iceberg lettuce, we said arugula. When they said the salad had to have only crumbled blue cheese, we said feta. And we will not belittle those ingredients in the salad or cordon off parts of the salad that we do not agree with. Because you can only extend the sneeze guards down so far until they become walls. And we do not believe in walls. We believe in heart. Artichoke hearts. Hearts of palm. And in our hearts, we believe in not peppering our salad with exclusion, but with the inclusion of peppers, cherry peppers, and cherry tomatoes, but not actual cherries because that would be weird. We eschew hate, but we think cashews are great. And we embrace all the wonder-working power of these disparate ingredients without the rasping pain of regret, but with the raspberry vinaigrette. These are our values. This is our creed. And this is my salad. No, seriously, I asked for the dressing on the side. You you ruined it. You're going to have to start over. On the show today, it is the last day of all the conventions, and so it is the last Democratic National Convention quick and dirty dissection. That will be in the AM in this feed. But right now, The ladies of the Nerdette podcast come by to nerd out on definitions, culture, and a certain beguiling undersea creature. (laughs) 
This episode is brought to you by The Jordan Harbinger Show. You've heard me talk about The Jordan Harbinger Show because it's one of my favorites. He does in-depth interviews with some of the world's most fascinating minds. I can name a few. Barbara Boxer, Anderson Cooper, Michael McFall, the Ukraine or Russia ambassador talking about Ukraine. One I recently listened to was Stanley McChrystal, the general, the former general. And he told an interesting story about revering Robert E. Lee. But then, after having a portrait of him for 40 years, he's a 63-year-old man throwing it in the trash because his wife says, you know, what that picture and that man means to you, it doesn't mean to other people, and you have to understand that. And then in the interview, they got around to the point where McChrystal talked about that interview in Rolling Stone magazine that pretty much ended his career, where uh, it got to the desk of Barack Obama, and it had McChrystal saying unflattering things about the war effort and just how he talked to his wife and how they decided not to be bitter and not to wallow in. He could have taken some shots at the process, the reporter or the president at that point, but he didn't. It was just an overall good interview. It was facilitated by Jordan's excellent interview style. Whether Jordan is conducting an interview or giving advice to a listener, you will find something useful that can apply to your own life in every single episode of The Jordan Harbinger Show. That could mean learning how to ask for advice the right way or discovering a little mindset tweak that changes how you see the world. Search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R, like the first three letters in hard, B-I-N-G-E, as in how you'll want to catch up on all the episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Greta Johnson and Trisha Bobita, you might know them from the Nerdette podcast, or you might not know them from the Nerdette podcast, but I'm here to say they have a podcast. You know what the name of that <laughs> podcast is? It is Nerdette. So as the suffix and prefix might lead you to understand, it's about nerds, but that et thing means it's about nerds who sit at dinette sets yes. and discuss mm-hmm. ju- Dungeons and Dragons. Correct. Also, <laughs> also lady nerds. Well, it's not. You guys are the lady nerds. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's, I'm glad you mentioned dinette because actually the et suffix is the diminutive. Yeah. So it's just sort of like everybody's a little nerdy about something. Oh, okay. A it's little not cute actually little thing. the feminist. But a lot like like uh, Wonkette. I don't think they're trying to say they're no, a little feminist. No, that's true. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of the et things, the Pump Boys and the Dinettes, to mention a musical, <laughs> Good. which is a bad musical. Yeah. Did you ever see it? No, but from the title alone, I'm guessing yeah. it was pretty bad. So okay, so we have talked about this on your show. And the definition of nerdiness, I think Kanye West had a pretty good one. Uh-huh. But it's basically having an interest, going deep in that interest, and not really caring about the judgment of others. Yeah, but it's about are, an extreme level of enthusiasm. But are there some areas, I know you're inclusive, nerdettes, but are there some areas that are just so like mainstream and cool you can't really nerd out on it? Or can you nerd out on absolutely anything? I mean, I think that's sort of the definite, like the difference between the hipster and the nerd, right? Mm, it's like nice. the hipster is like, no, that's too cool. I can't possibly like that anymore. Yeah. Modest Mouse was only good before they were on MTV. <laughs> um, MTV was only good before <laughs> there was MTV. Right? But yeah. I do think, yeah, I think you can be a nerd about anything. It's, you know, as we like to say on the show, it's not about what you love. It's about how much you love it. You know, if that's calculus or... Or, you know, really bad musicals, Mike, like whatever. Pump Boys and Dinettes. Yeah. Since doing the show, what areas of nerdiness have shown and presented themselves to you that you never would have thought of beforehand? Ooh, that's a good one, Tricia. Well, I think one of the fun things for us has been 
really realizing that you can be a nerd about anything. So people will call us. And once we've established the sort of safe space on our show that we think it's cool that people are enthusiastic about things. And so they call us and start to tell us their deepest, darkest secrets about stuff that they know not to bring up at dinner parties. And this happens even sometimes with our guests. It's like they know that, you know, they've been studying bugs their whole life and that when they go to a cocktail party, everybody's like, yes, Bob, we know nobody wants to talk about ants. Right. But on our show, we go like, no, wait, if you've dedicated your life to this thing, yeah, there's a reason why. So, like, let's go. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Uh, good. Yeah, I'll throw out the suggestion for you. Entomologists and entomologists, people who know about bugs but also know about dessert cakes. Entomins. Oh, nice. <laughs> Maybe it's more of an oh, – do you know? Good, do you have entomins out there in Chicago yeah. where mm-hmm. you are based? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like the drakes of slightly further to the north. Is there a person who can bake with crickets that we should be talking Ooh, to? Oh, I didn't even take it there. Yeah. I thought that they would naturally – I thought like <laughs> would attract like. And if you're an entomologist, you might as well become an entomologist. Or I don't know where these – I don't know actually if those words are related because I'm not an etymologist. So you just oh, get to boy. get to talk about random things on this show all the time, huh? That's right. This is your deal, right? That's right. <laughs> cool. But I have no, cool. nerd, I have no nerdiness about me. No, no, yeah. obviously. Mm, yes, right. none. Tell me about the nerd <laughs> confession hotline and what you're doing for America really. And what we're doing for America. <laughs> I love it. This is patriotism. Mm-hmm. So we're – Offering up a safe space, as we said, for folks to (laughs) just call us and tell us about the nerdiest moment in their life. So this can be something they're very proud of or it can be something that they still have sort of nightmares about that happened to them in adolescence that may have been like sort of their version of living out a Freaks and Geeks episode. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't go well. Yeah. So what's a good one? Take me to the bridge. This is one that we had on recently from someone who has a pastime that I have never even considered being something that you could do as mm-hmm. a quasi-professional, mm-hmm. and this is being a merman. So so this is someone who enjoys, again, back to Broadway. There's no business like show business. Annie, get your gun. Gypsy, he loves Ethel Merman. This is what you're saying? <laughs> no, no. He's a female Ethel merman, merman impersonator. Half man, half oh. fish. Oh. But a merman who did a mer- Ethel Merman impression would make this Ooh. even better. We should ask him about that. A merman merman. A merman. Yeah. A merman merman. He, instead of belting in the Ethel Merman style, he only uh, whispered. So he was a murmuring merman merman. Oh, no. <laughs> I think you know what my nerdiness is. It's puns. <laughs> All right. Let's hear the merman. Hi, Trisha and Greta. This is uh, JV, and I have a nerd confession for you. I love mermaids so much that I, well, decided to make it my career. I'm a professional merman performer which has led to me also becoming a published author, a model, and an educator. My merman name is Merprince JB, and I've been a professional since 2012. So that's about four years now. And I've been tail swimming for about 10 years. When I'm in the water, it feels like I'm flying. And when I'm resting on shore, I love seeing the joy in the faces of the people that walk by and see me. It's pretty awesome. I was going to violate for a second. I got like four or five jokes to make, and I thought that maybe I would make them and violate the uh, idea of the safe space that you've created. (laughs) Jokes like a lot of the uh, accomplishments he's listed, like published author and educator, not a lot of barriers to entry, but I'm not going to make those jokes. (laughs) What I'm going to do is say I've been to his Facebook page. The, the merman-ness is just shot through with fabulosity. He's it's beautiful. fabulous. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's a drag queenish element to it, or maybe it's drag kingish, and he's just going for it. Yeah, and so that's exactly. Good. The, yeah. the idea of going for it, I think, is a really important one. You know, I think so often we're taught to hide those things about ourselves, right? And, like, that's amazing. Okay, so definitely let's celebrate it. Let's not judge. If he were here, and maybe you guys can feel this question, 
I would ask him, why do all mermen, if they were or mermaids, why almost always depicted torso of the human, tail of the fish? Why almost never the other way around? That would be horribly, horribly <laughs> disturbing. A fish-headed, legged <laughs> yeah, yeah, creature? Like a leg guy with the fish head. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a Hieronymus Bosch portrait right yeah, there. Yeah, that's very... But like for all the celebratory yeah. and yeah, you be who you want to be, unless you got a fish head. It's no, true. I mean, but so really, funny. tail swimming is a lot easier than leg swimming. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the yeah. It's my thing. favorite REM song. All right. <laughs> I like it. Let's hear, the, let's hear the next nerd. I'm why confession, but let's hear the next proud proclamation. As you may know, it's somewhat difficult to sort of make new friends in your late 20s. I had recently found two girls who were going to be my gym buddies. They are not nerds. But I had been around them enough that I got comfortable and sort of forgot this. And they were dropping me off. We were going really early, early in the morning. So when they would drop me off after we worked out, it was like kind of right after sunrise. And there was this glorious red sunrise. And I looked up and without thinking, of course, I said, a red sunrise's blood was spilt this night. And let me tell you, the silence in the car was a little unnerving. And then I remember these girls don't even know what Lord of the Rings is. So she's a Lord of the Rings fan. Lord of the Rings. And she went outside the circle yeah. of trust. Yep. Lord Sauron's dark circle of trust. And she got smacked down. Raises a few questions. Is there <laughs> a proper way to come out? Is that, that's, that's <laughs> When thrusting. do you disclose? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That with that reference, that bloody death reference, you know, maybe just work a hobbit reference in there maybe <laughs> you think it was just too deep Is that i think that saying? let's say she was uh, working out with her gym buddies looked down found that one of them had big hairy feet like, yeah, <laughs> bilbo baggins-esque see what see, see what someone says do you think women or girls gym buddy girls are quicker to smack down the exposed nerd than a than a guy because i think our idea is that you know guys beat up the nerd right jocks beat up the nerd but girls have a way of, you know, freezing the nerd out. The queen bees yeah, do. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel that as much in my 20s and 30s. But I would say like in 7th or 8th grade, there mm-hmm. was definitely that idea that like people shouldn't know how smart you are. Like you should just kind of play it cool. Like I definitely felt that. I think, Trisha, you just went all out. <laughs> yeah, I somehow just was uh, missing the part of my brain that was supposed to be ashamed of being a nerd. So <laughs> I just better. She's <laughs> winning. So, you know, I, I did things like, uh, you know, be pretty upfront about the fact that I like things like Monty Python and other stuff like that when I was in middle school, but I, I found a small tribe of folks, I was lucky, who also liked that stuff. But Lord of the Rings is definitely one of those things that people now, I think, are culturally aware that it exists after the movies. You mean after being like number six, eight, and 12 highest grossing films of all time? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like they're aware of them even if they didn't see them. Right. But to do a deep cut like a line from the movie, yeah. yeah. There is some thought that you know, for all the talk of outcasts and nerds, we th- we got taken over by the nerds. The pop mm-hmm. culture took over. There's, I mean, superhero movies and comic book movies and Lord of the Rings. How true is that? I think when you see guys showing up at the NBA draft wearing those big glasses, the big black rimmed glasses, then and suspenders and all this, that that there's definitely a nerd chic thing that ha- sort of happened in fashion that helped. I also think that the internet made it easier for people to find each other and realize they weren't alone in liking the things that they like. So even if you grew up in a small town or grew up in a family that didn't like the same things you did, you didn't have to go through your entire adolescence thinking you were the only one who liked that book or that movie or that board game. You can find the community of whatever it is that you're into and not feel so isolated. And I think that's why nerd has become 
just uh, more of a verb than than a noun is because we're all hopefully passionate enough about something that we could call ourselves a nerd about chemistry or baseball or something. There's also a cred to the idea of being a nerd now that is it cuts both ways. To some extent, people who proudly proclaim themselves as nerd nerds and get clapped on the back, that that's bonafide. But there's also the affect of saying, oh, I'm such a nerd, when really you have two Spider-Man comic books. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, you, no one's a nerd about everything, right? Like on this show, people always come up to us if they meet us in the wild at a live event or something and say, are you a nerd about the thing I'm a nerd about? And yeah. sometimes the answer is yes, but sometimes it's like, no, but that sounds great. And I would love to learn that board game or try out that comic or something like that. But it's okay to be a casual fan of some things and then to be really obsessed with Doctor Who. You can have both kinds of fandom yes. in your life. You can yes. be casual or extreme. Where in your guys' shared Venn di- nerd Venn diagram, mm. what's what's the stuff that's most shared between the two of you? Well, thanks to Hamilton, we are getting Greta into the world of musical theater. Uh-huh. That was I'm closer, her. man. Yeah. She's closer than ever before. I think we both grew up pretty voracious readers. Mm-hmm. So uh, Greta reads more contemporary fiction than I do. I tend to lean more towards just reading long articles on the internet. She reads a lot of management books. I do. <laughs> really? Yeah, she really does. So we really know who moved her cheese? Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, what color well, is your parachute? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm someone who, if, if something's placed in front of me, I try to just devour everything around that thing and then sort of cannibalize it and move on. Whereas I feel like Greta's more consistent through her nerdery. I feel like you've you've always been a book nerd. Are there big gaps in your shared yes. nerd enthusiasm? <laughs> there are. I mean, you mean in terms of the things... Add Trisha and Greta yeah. together. They yeah. still don't like... I, well, it's not that we don't. I like We're both yeah. pretty unfamiliar with video games. Yeah, video That's a games. Huge hole Trisha's for us. better at comics than I am, mm-hmm. but I, I'm starting to watch movies, so at least there's that. <laughs> that's good. I'm getting yeah. the Marvels in there anyway. Yeah, but I wasn't allowed to have any video games growing up, so that's a huge part of nerd culture yeah. that I'm sort of blind to. Yeah, we have another nerd confession. We here? do. Yeah, we have one more. Let's set it up. X Files was really hitting its peak, and I knew that what I wanted to do with my life was not study dolphins or marine life, but to be Dana Scully. I cut a lot of my hair off and I started buying tight black pantsuits and using the internet to make fake FBI badges. (laughs) My parents, they saw this devotion and thought, how can we turn this into something real and useful? Let's send her to forensic pathology camp at the University of Virginia. There are so many what? things I love about this nerd confession. Yeah. First of all, her default setting is marine biologist. Yeah. She's yeah. studying so, yeah. dolphins. Yeah, that's the, that's I the mainstream like, thing. I feel like yeah. that was an entry lady scientist thing for a really long time. Marine that's biology. True. Like you could picture – I feel like you picture a lady when you picture marine biologist more than you might, you know – forensic pathologist yes. or surgeon. Yes. Right? I think that's only because, though, the main character in that dolphin, A Dolphin's Tale and A Dolphin's Tale, too, was a woman. Also, Lisa Frank made us all really love dolphins. Yeah. yeah. And wasn't Free Willy? Wasn't there a lady? Oh, yeah. Peak Free, Free Willy. Mm-hmm. Right. Man, that was a good one. Okay. So she, she starts <laughs> off as the marine biologist. Then she wants to be Dana Scully from X-Files. Mm-hmm. Or does she just want to impersonate a federal officer? I was going to say, line? I think there may have been a, a confession that has legal implications in this one, <laughs> printing off fake FBI badges. I think, too, the other thing that I think is really beautiful about this is talking about the parents who are, like, trying to facilitate this interest, oh, right? That's a big thing that's changed, yeah. I think. As much as the culture embraced nerds, I think parents today grew up with comic books and grew up with TV and probably grew up with cable TV. So, yeah, it's game on. No one's beating their kids and making them 
Never read the Fantastic Four. Okay, so what were your nerd confessions, or is that what your whole show is? I mean, did you have a specific one when well, you were sharing them? Well, I mean, them? one of the the ones I opened with to try to help, you know, tell people what kind of story we're looking for is we went to a sleepaway camp with my whole seventh grade class, and <laughs> the list of things to bring included flashlights, but I brought my lightsaber, uh-huh. and it was confiscated really? as a weapon. <laughs> Because you know Trisha. Yeah. Because they thought I was dangerous. <laughs> were Siths running this class? Uh-huh. I don't know. I did find out that the teachers had stolen it and like were playing with it after Lights Out. So I was redeemed a little bit and did finally get it back. But yeah, I didn't think it would be an ostracizing moment at all to bring a lightsaber instead of a flashlight to camp yeah. in seventh grade. All right. What's yours? Mine is when we were in fourth grade, we moved from Alaska to Minnesota and I learned about cable television. And so my brother and I, we petitioned my parents for cable TV. We had like a family meeting. Jacob and I said, listen, we want cable. And my dad said, okay, well, cable costs about $30 a month, which just goes to show you how long ago this was, right? He said it costs 30 bucks a month. I We can get cable or I will give each of you $15 a month for books. Mm. And my brother and I both, no questions asked. We're like, oh, my God, we'll take the books. So, yeah, we read a lot. <laughs> it was great. My nerd confession. Yes, it's time. And I'm not great with this because I like – I don't go deep on things. I like to graze. But the one exception might be something I admitted on your show and have never admitted. And listen to me. Really? You've never put this on the gist? No. Oh, that's awesome. I've never really talked about this. It was a couple years ago and I haven't (laughs) updated it. But there is a Twitter feed called – Nonplussed means confused. Mm -hmm. And if you go to this Twitter feed, you will find a dog who – He's a a real cute dog. He's a cute boxer dog with a weird look on his face. And he seems confused, which is what nonplussed means. (laughs) Nonplussed doesn't mean unfazed. And so what this dog's mission in life is, is to look for people using the word nonplussed wrong on Twitter and gently chide them as only an adorable dog can do. And why it's my Twitter confession is I, I made that I made that Twitter feed. I don't maintain it enough. Maybe I should. You are the dog. I'm I remember. Dog. Maybe I should farm it. this out to you know you a just listener. You know? I, I remember. Someone needs to ride herd on nonplussing on pol- the policing of nonplussing. <laughs> I feel Twitter. like it was a couple of years ago now, but I looked back at at your tweets on that account, and you, it was like New Year's Day. You had like gently chided someone. <laughs> Starting the year right, nonplussed. <laughs> <laughs> I was resolved. Yes. Which is, it's a great nerd confession, Mike. It's really good. Secret uh, word. and uh, Yeah, yeah. secret nerdy Twitter accounts are good. Trisha Bobida and Greta Johnson are the hosts of Nerdette. And if you want to make your own Nerdette confession, here's the number to call. 312-600-5638. That's actually, it's a podcast. We don't have to repeat it. You, you guys just rewind it. <laughs> Greta, Trisha, I want to thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. And that's it for today's show. And you know, when the founding fathers wrote, we the people, we the people, they were talking about people like Mary Wilson, the producer of The Gist. And that is why I am proud to proclaim Steve Lichtai not the associate producer, not the assistant producer, not merely a producer, but the executive producer of the Slate Podcasts. And he is here to serve the single mom 
wondering if her benefits will be cut off. Or the cop walking the beat, thinking in the back of his mind about his sick child. Or the chief content officer of the Panoply Network, Andy Bowers, who's wondering if his offer codes are good for significant discounts at online retailers. And they are all here for one reason, ladies and gentlemen. They are not here for themselves. They are not here for their party. They are not here for their offer codes. They're here for the gist. As we live out our awesome, inspiring, albeit incomprehensible promise, um peru de peru du peru, God bless you, God bless these United States, that United Kingdom, and those United Emirates. Thanks for listening.